Mate, do it. Podcast. Talk to me. So I went on a podcast um, yeah. probably about six weeks ago and um, because it was Maternal Mental Health Week and obviously I specialise in maternal mental health. So I was invited on to that and that then made me think, do you know what, I want to start one of my own um, because it, I just think podcasts are quite popular at the moment. It's a good way of kind of like creating a different type of content and I know I like podcasts and I like talking and I like all things like to do with mental health and psychology and all that kind of stuff like it genuinely really interests me so um so I set one up and I um, released my first episode last week it's only had like 33 listens but I'm good with that hey. <laughs> it's a start hey that's yeah. awesome how did you how did you find it yeah, okay. I think it was difficult because the first one I did was just on my own. The second yeah. one I did was an interview. So I did feel a little bit like, like it was it was a bit it's different. It's a different vibe, isn't it, when you're talking to someone compared to recording on your own. Um and there was definitely very much like my own doubts of are people gonna listen? You know, are they gonna enjoy it and all that kind of stuff? So I suppose a little bit of doubt crept in, but I thought, you know what? I it's needed because it's such an important area, not just mental health, but I think maternal mental health as well is a really important area because obviously people can, um, you know, really struggle with their mental health in pregnancy and postnatally. And I really wanted to provide like relatable content, you know, because I'm a mum myself and I've kind of been through that journey. I'm on that journey of parenthood now. Do you know what you mean? So um so yeah it's uh it's all it's all going good. I've recorded a couple of episodes and I'm just gonna do them like fortnightly. So I'll just see where it takes me. Mate, it's definitely uh it's definitely something that's pushed to the wayside, isn't it? Mm. You know, I was speaking to my missus last night and like not preparing for this, but like, oh I've got an interesting conversation tomorrow morning. You know, and I'm just like, it's definitely one of those things that is seen as a female problem, which personally I don't understand. Yeah. You know, if it affects one of us, it's going to affect both and it's going to affect yeah. all and everybody's going to get some sort of impact from it. You know, just like the quote unquote yeah. men's mental health is only a men's problem. You're like, um, yeah. no, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a pothole's a problem. Let's kind of fill it up, yeah. guys, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that I suppose controversially, my uh, my view of working with people is about holding the mother. And that's what I call my podcast, Hold the Mother, because mm. um, my kind of ethos is that when you look after the mother, um, she's well. And when she is well, she is a better wife or a better partner or but also a better mum as well. So I suppose I don't want fathers to think, oh, that we, we're not important. And, you know, because you're absolutely right. Dads and partners can also struggle from mental health problems. And if you've got a, a, a wife or a partner that has got a mental health problem, you're more likely to um, suffer as a result of that and maybe even develop your own mental health problems if your partner has one. Mm. You know, so I think you're right. Like it can happen to all of us. But my passion really is the mother and working with her because I am that person do you know what I mean I am a mother so um but yeah I just I suppose it's just to emphasize that I don't think that I'm not trying to say that dads aren't important or that they don't suffer because they do but my focus is on the mum no I don't I don't think that comes across from your your perspective mate it's more of a I think dudes are gonna do a better job of being part of the conversation you know because it's like well first of all 
we have no fucking idea, right? Mm. It don't it don't happen to you. You're not going to understand, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean we can't empathize with one another. And I think yeah. we we can we can develop that empathy through talking. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. that like? How what was the experience? What how how did you feel? Yada yada. Next thing you know, you're gonna yeah. strike a note, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, I can relate to that in whatever experience. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that um, I still think there is, uh, you know, a lack of talk from men because of the stigma around having a mental health problem and stuff like that and I also think not to overgeneralize but a lot of men maybe won't ask their partner how they're feeling because they don't they think that talking about it will make it worse do you see what I mean Mm. whereas sometimes if your partner says to you you know how was your day today how have you been feeling that can actually feel like it can meet a need it can make you feel like oh they they're interested in me so there's kind of like this mismatch between what women need and what men think they're doing and again this isn't across the board but this is kind of like a pattern that sometimes can happen the man doesn't want to talk about it because they don't want to trigger the woman but then the woman feels like well I do want to talk about it because I want you to listen I want to feel heard so that can cause a bit of friction as well Mm. that's a good point Mm. Yeah, but it might work the other way around. It might be that women are less likely to ask their partners how they're feeling because they they have the view that, well, they're a bloke and they can just deal with it and they they don't talk about feelings, so maybe it doesn't bother them. Do you know what you mean? Yeah, yeah. That's been my experience. Really? Yeah, 100%. But I think think most dudes run away from how they feel so they don't understand it yeah. you know or the other way around they don't understand it so they run away but the outcome is they yeah. don't freaking understand it yeah. right so they haven't really got this answer available and if they're around people male or female that ask them how they feel they're going to run away from it you know yeah. and then you know habit would dictate over time that if the answer to how do you feel is sound mm-hmm. i'm fine leave me the fuck alone you're gonna yeah. you're gonna stop asking yeah yeah absolutely which then will further reinforce the lack of understanding because you're not connecting with it or not dealing with it yeah exactly but it's understandable and and even though I work with mostly women Mm. um even women can cut off from feelings because Mm. feeling difficult feelings isn't a nice thing to do and if we had a choice we would just avoid it because I don't think anyone likes to connect with pain and suffering. You know, it's easy just to push it down or to disconnect from it or to try and focus on something else. Um, So I don't think it's just men that do that. I think women can do that too if um, they have learned to, that it's like a coping strategy, you know, especially if it's something that has originated in childhood, it can be an automatic thing that that feels really painful and I don't like those feelings. So if I learn to switch off for those feelings or push it away or not think about it then I don't have to connect with it and then that gets reinforced over time but then becomes a problem and at some point they'll probably go and seek help because not feeling is not the answer you've got to feel to heal is the the mantra that I really like you you kind of have to connect with the pain to heal and move on from it do you think feelings provide provide life with meaning feeling emotions yeah yeah absolutely 
because if you don't feel anything you're quite dis- disconnected from the world mm. and your environment and you know going back to what I was saying a minute ago about when people can disconnect from their feelings a byproduct of that is that they can disconnect from good feelings because it's just kind of you disconnect from emotions and that can include positive ones so I I honestly do think that you know connecting with feelings good and bad can help and obviously it's nicer to connect with more positive feelings isn't it but um you know yeah I I do think and if you think we're humans and we emotions are a natural normal part of us um and we all have feelings like anger sadness happiness joy anxiety we all have those like fundamentally so maybe maybe we we're, we're designed to have them for a reason yeah so I would say yeah that we you know it it does provide a life of meaning but maybe maybe it doesn't feel like meaning when you're connecting to sad feelings or shame or embarrassment or difficult feelings yeah I think I think we fall into the trap of becoming how we feel right it's like oh I I feel sad right now you know I am sad I feel depressed right now I am depressed you know, yeah. and we get so attached to it that it, it's yeah. hard to to leave them by the wayside when it comes Monday morning and you got to go fucking make some joke. You know, yeah. it's like sometimes you're going to feel X, Y, Z. Sometimes you're going to feel great. Sometimes you're going to feel bad. You know, yeah. I'm not saying you got to plow through everything. No. And I'm not saying yeah. that you got to uh, lie down all the time. I think this 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 place for both, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Especially for myself of taking a bird's eye view and be like, all right, well, this is kind of this organic thing that we call me. And then this is how we're feeling. All right, sounds mm-hmm. so the two separate things. And then you can kind of look at it from the different part of the table then. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Some... I suppose it provides like a bit of distance, doesn't it? Me and yeah. my feelings. And yeah. I and you can like ask that, why. Actually. You know, you can yeah. ask why. And you can start to understand yourself a little bit more. And and I think, mate, I think we don't have enough compassion for ourselves, dude. Oh, yeah, completely. Like, yeah, Christ I'm, almighty. Can... We, we make all the excuses for the world, for other yeah. people, right? But for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is something that I've been working on in my own therapy for a long time and something that I find really common with people is that lack of self-compassion and we tend to be kinder to other people don't we but if we're going through the exact same thing we'll judge ourselves and be self-critical in fact one of the things I'll ask in therapy if someone comes to me and says oh I feel really shit about myself because I've done xyz I might say to them well if it was your friend and they'd gone through that what would you say to them and they'd normally say oh you know it's okay we make mistakes it's all good but to themselves it's just like you know you're an idiot you're a loser you're pathetic and there's this mismatch between how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. It's, it's yeah, mm. it's interesting, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's fascinating. It's so fascinating. You know, mm. I proper geek out over these things. And I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, I stumbled across, across yourself and I'm like, mate, I have no idea about this. Let's, yeah. let's have a conversation. Let's open up this, yeah. this communication channel, right? Let's, here's a seat, yeah. take a seat. Your voice yeah. is heard. And uh, yeah. mate, I'd love to dive into the niche of of your stuff a little bit more. Tell me, yeah. like I don't know, I'm a so, dude, obviously. Yeah. So, do you mean the niche of maternal mental health, or do you mean like the therapy modalities that I offer, or what? what I'd do you love mean? to hear both because I ain't a okay. therapist, 
I like to joke yeah. around saying strength and conditioning. So S and C is more strength and counseling. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? But let's just talking about like it's not like here's a load of um uh you know techniques or you've got an array of certificates on the wall because you've studied this in di- no, no, no it's just you learn some soft skills with people and then you yeah. kind of just like push off and refer to other sides you're like yeah probably yeah. go see this person if you really need yeah. to yeah so i so i spoke a little bit about maternal mental health and why i do that because of my passion about mothers um, I've always also got a really big interest in trauma um, and helping people through trauma, not necessarily just perinatal trauma. <clears throat> so but perinatal trauma can be any trauma that happens like in pregnancy, birth and afterwards. Oh. Um, but I also work with a lot of people that have had really difficult lives that have had, you know, quite traumatic childhoods um, growing up in environments where, um, from one end of the spectrum where they've been quite severely abused and neglected, but all the way down to the other end where they kind of had the holidays and they were looked after physically, but emotionally that their needs weren't met at all. So they weren't allowed to express certain feelings or needs, or they might have been shamed or judged for expressing them. Um, and that causes quite long term problems because children need to have their they they deserve to have their needs met and when the needs aren't met over time it can really affect their belief system and how their brains develop and how their kind of life personality develops and and how they um how they are in life so um and that it really kind of fascinates me like working with trauma and stuff because it can just have a huge effect on us um and i think a lot of people when they hear the word trauma they assume it can be something really like catastrophic like yeah. um you know being in a war zone or and that is that is trauma um but trauma can also be things that sound really simple like you know getting told off in front of your class for making a mistake when you're reading and people laughed at you you know that can be experienced as traumatic for a child and that can affect them, you know, that can get stuck in their system and affect them kind of going forward. So my my role is to help people overcome their traumas to give them symptom relief in the here and now. And I, I really, really enjoy that side of um, of work as well. So I suppose I've got two different niches, if you like, and I, I love them both equally. Um, so, yeah. How would you go about that? What, tr- treating trauma? Yeah. So I would find out from the person what has brought you here to therapy because the chances are they've come because they are struggling with something. It might be a set of symptoms. It might be relationship difficulties, but they come to therapy because something isn't working for them. And then I would kind of ask about that person's life and try and work out what are the things that have happened to you that may have played a role in why you've come to therapy um so in kind of psychology that uh, psychology there's this movement rather than what's wrong with you what's happened to you and I love that because it takes the pressure off the person and the blame off the person that it's not my fault that I'm sat here needing help it's I'm a product of my experiences so I would be looking at what are the things that have happened to you that may have led you to believe that you're a bad person or that you're not safe or that you're not in control of things And then I would try and work out what experiences that might link back to. And then I would go back with that person and we would reprocess that experience to change 
the way that experience is stored in their brain because in trauma we are um are the memories that we experience and the things that happen to us they can not be processed right and they can kind of get stuck and they get triggered really easily in things um in our day-to-day life that remind us of that past trauma and it's like the brain gets confused between then and now and get you just get flooded with feelings and body sensations because your brain is thinking that you're back there when you're not so it really is about teaching the brain and help and that you know now is different and that mm. we're okay now and and helping them to kind of heal from that but also to change their the way that event has made them believe about themselves because trauma isn't just what happens to <coughs> us bless you thank you Trauma isn't just what happens to us, but it's what did that trauma, what did that experience lead us to believe about ourselves? And it's the meaning that we attach to trauma, which can also reinforce it being a trauma. Um, So that's another thing I would look at. I would look at what does that experience mean about you? Uh, So it might be, again, going back to that uh, um, hypothetical example I gave a moment ago, if you're shouted at by your teacher for making a mistake when you read you know, it might be something like, I'm bad, I'm stupid, I'm pathetic. That might be the belief that they've learned about themselves. And that can be a belief that they carry forward in their life. So we would go back and look at that belief and look at reprocessing and changing that belief to to change the way that person feels about themselves. So it's really, really powerful stuff, but it's quite in depth. <laughs> wow. Do you, do you find people can recall the exact event? or the group of events or do you think you or do you find that um sometimes you got to do a little bit more digging and you can kind of read between the lines and figure out yourself yeah I think a bit of both um more often than not the brain is so so clever in looking back on what's connected to the now so for some people they don't know what is connected but they know that they don't feel well in the here and now so um, we've got ways, we've got kind of strategies that we can um, look at, you know, a current situation where the problem has presented itself. And then we would, I would ask that person just to kind of um, really think about that current situation and how their body feels and what beliefs they're having about themselves. And then to let go of that present situation and let the mind drift back to an earlier time where you felt like you're feeling right now and the brain is so clever that it will just kind of bring up a time where you felt like that and that would be what we would reprocess and target that would be our kind of target memory is what we call it um but sometimes people do know they'll come to me and say um you know, I don't feel safe. Um, I feel like I'm in danger and bad things are going to happen. And a year ago, I had a car accident and nearly died. And it's like, okay, so that would be what we would target because that was the origin of you having these problems and symptoms. And it kind of fits um, with, if I don't feel safe now, what's happened to me that's led me to not feel safe. And we would then just kind of reprocess. And sometimes it's really obvious what the kind of target is. Mm. so it, it literally even talking about it now it just really blows my mind I think the, the mind and the brain is just it fascinates me and I'm like you're a little bit of a geek like I love learning things and you know understanding things and stuff and you know I really I just find it it's so fascinating yeah it's like unraveling yourself you know yeah. and unraveling a belief system which you've ended up creating and a lot of the times that can be subconscious yeah. You know, we end up being yeah. this character now and it's like, well, yeah. how the fuck did I get here? Yeah, yeah. 
you know you've got yeah, to take those it, steps back and unravel it yeah yeah absolutely but that's not to say that that's the right thing for everybody because some people don't don't want to go back or feel like they don't need to go back and we don't have to um so with trauma therapy we we do need to go back because it's normally the past that's present and the past is leaking out into the present but not everyone comes to me for trauma you know I've got people that will come to me and say you know I'm I I can't sleep very well and I'm really struggling to sleep and I'm starting to get anxious about going to sleep I wouldn't necessarily do trauma work with that I would just work on the here and now unless the sleep problem is connected to trauma and we would kind of exclude that first um but yeah so I don't always work on the past I'll just go by what the client wants but if it's something like that and there's nothing in the past that we think is linked then I would use something like cognitive behavioral therapy I don't know if you've heard of that um so that's very much looking at our thinking styles and our patterns of behavior and coping and how they can become problematic in the here and now so that's not necessarily about reprocessing the past. It's more about learning different ways of thinking and responding in the present to try and improve the problem, which might be sleep or panic attacks or what have you. Mm. So, yeah. Why do you do what you do? Because I love helping people. Um, I know that sounds really cheesy, but I genuinely do. I get so much joy from helping people not just in therapy but just in life you know if I'm walking down the street and I walk past someone and they drop something you know I'll pick it up for them or I'll help them I'll stop and help like you know I just I just genuinely like doing that um but I also think as well that uh you know I've obviously got my own history of of difficulties and I've you know worked through a lot of my stuff so I've been in the other chair um or on the other side of the cool if we're doing it over um you know remotely but I've been that person I am that person and uh, you know not to say that our experiences are exactly the same but I know what it feels like to experience trauma and to feel anxious and to feel like you're struggling um and I feel like I've worked through a lot of that and I think that can help me instill hope to some of my clients like I had a client today that came in and she just said I just feel so hopeless and I know it feels like to feel hopeless, but I know that you can get through it, but it's just going to take us a bit of time. And I think that's another thing as well, is it's really nice to be able to provide that hope that I don't necessarily say, you know, I've I've been there, I know how that feels, but I'll just give them that hope that it feels really tough right now, but just trust me and trust the process and, and we will get you better. And then when you see them better and you see them, leave and they are different and their lives are different it honestly it's just the best feeling it's just it's lovely I love it and I don't think I'd ever want to do another job like I I genuinely love my job and I always have Mm. um I remember when I first became a therapist and I had my interview and I went to the one of the managers that interviewed me and I said to her thank you so much for giving me this job because you know I'm really happy to be here and she joked and said I'll come back in three months time and tell me you know tell me if you feel the same and and that was over 10 years ago and I still get that same buzz out of doing the job so um I just yeah I just love it I know it sounds really cheesy but I don't care (laughs) no I don't sound cheesy mate like it really don't like I feel the same thing inside the four walls of a gym you know like yeah all it is 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 improving somebody's physical competency to prove to them their mental competency to develop their confidence 
and end up fucking moving out and having a better life. Like I'd say we teach life through the medium of fitness and that's it. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, but I love that though. I really do. Cause I use like fitness as, as an example, for example, with, like with CBT um, you know, CBT is a little bit like if you want to lose weight and you find a gym instructor and they teach you some exercises and some strategies and, you know, and they'll coach you in order to achieve those goals and you meet your goals and, you know, and sometimes we can slip back because we've achieved those goals. And CBT is very much like that, that mm-hmm. I'll teach you some strategies, but not necessarily physical exercises, more emotional and psychological exercises. But you have to keep doing that. You can't just go and see your therapist and then don't do anything and, and expect to get results. Just like with you, you probably wouldn't just do a training session and then want them to come back in a week and they're they're ripped and shredded because <laughs> you've got to put in the work behind closed doors you know yeah so it's, it's, it's humbling similar. it's very mm-hmm. humbling right like you got to yeah. do the hard work and i uh, yeah. that's what i like it's a physical representation of the, of life you know yeah. a barbell is always going to weigh the same guys you're going to feel yeah good or bad it's going to feel it's going to uh, weigh the same you know, yeah. and that's it. Like, you got to come in, you got to do some work, you got to go home. And, and usually the, yeah. the analogy of digging holes, yeah. you know, like every day you got to go outside, you got to dig a hole, right? Mm. Some days you're going to go out with a shovel. Other days you're going to go out with a frigging bulldozer. And some days you're going to go out with a teaspoon. But every single day you got to yeah. go outside, you got to dig a hole. Yeah, yeah, and that's a really good point. That's the way I look at it, man. You know, yeah. when you're fucking down in the dumps and my head's so far up my ass, I can't see which yeah. way's up. <laughs> oh, I feel like an absolute piece of shit and I'm like yeah it's just digging holes man but yeah. now I've got no teaspoon now I'm just clawing my bare hands it's like I right, yeah maybe yeah. maybe we just do one thing yeah you know take yeah. a pawn and move it one square forward in a game of chess yeah. and then call yeah. it quits for the day man yeah yeah and eventually over time maybe it's going to take mm-hmm. five years but you're going to be nailing 35 things a day yeah yeah it it literally is really similar to to cbt you know and looking at making small goals and not you know if you had a goal of going out and taking 35 holes or whatever using your analogy you know that might feel too much for someone that feels really really bad so Mm. the, the you know the small steps getting the teaspoon out and just do a little bit and then come back in and that's it for the day it literally is the same as what we would look at with, you know, CBT. There's quite a lot of, um, you know, parallels, I think, between what you do and what I do, because I suppose I'm working on the psychological side to maybe provide a bit more motivation to, for the physical, whereas you're looking at ch- using the physical to then help the psychological. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? It's two sides. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. Yeah, they're not. There's no right or wrong way. And I honestly think, like with exercise, it is like the most underused anti-anxiety and anti-depressant depressant because even though it can feel like a big slog getting to the gym or doing an exercise a, a routine at home or something, like you know Joe Wicks, the body coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he always says like your motivation comes after the workout and I completely agree with that but you can transfer that over to not just exercise but you know when we're depressed we cannot pay bills and you know not clean the house and stuff and it's like the motivation will come after you pay the bill or after you do the hoover in do you know what you mean so there's kind of like these parallels yeah you just got to get up and do something yeah you got to do some work man yeah 
you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of get tripped up all the time. Like when a when a, a member comes in and says, "Coach, it's hard." I was like, "So is life." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what do you want me to do about it? You want me to take away the 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 difficulty? No, I'd be doing you a disservice. I can exactly fucking stand by you and be like, "All right, let's walk into this." Like kick it and yeah. scream and, and give it some yeah. big licks mate you know yeah yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so Chief you're forgot. kind of like the the personal coach you know and I suppose my job is like coaching people through the psychological side of things so it is, it is just so similar isn't it yeah man like it's two sides of the same coin I really do believe it I, it's mm. it's the same issue you know I say to everybody who trusts me and opens up a little bit more in terms of uh, the mental health side, I say to them, yeah. like, listen, 99% of people that have walked through these fucking doors do it for their mental, not for their physical. Yeah. They might yeah. tell you they want X, Y, Z of movements, yeah. of weight on the bar, of, you know, yeah. whatever, but they're actually doing it for something upstairs. And I was like, dude, yeah. I've been fucking doing this a long time. It's 99% yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah. So do you get many um, people talking to you as their coach, if they're coming in for a session, would they talk to you about their mental health or do you not really hear that? All the time. Well, that's, that's really why, good to hear though. That's why I, I started this thing, this thing that we're talking mm. on now. Like um, mm. I nicknamed him the last one because um, uh, I saw him once and I didn't see him for about four months. And um, he came to me and basically... Uh, he said that he was uh, in his garage with a noose around his neck Aww. and uh, ended up thinking back to to the session that he had. Bear in mind, it was his one first and only session and then he disappeared for four months, yeah. uh, four weeks. And then he came back and was like, yeah, yeah, I thought back to how good I felt for the rest of the day. Like, I've accomplished something. I did something for myself, you know oh, what I mean? No. I, was, yeah. I was like, oh, I decided to give it another bash and kind yeah. of took his last stand and uh, gave it to himself, you know, mm. and um, still in contact now. He had another son and, yeah, man, oh. like special, special, special yeah. thing. Man. Yeah, definitely. Humble that begins. Is. And I think, yeah, I think it's good that, that men are talking to men too about it because, you know, not always does that happen. I think, again, maybe another big generalisation, but like my husband will say to me, like women just get together and they just talk about feelings all the time. Whereas men, they'll talk about all, you know, what they're doing, how work's been, but they might not necessarily say about the feelings. Um, so it's really nice to know that that's not always the case. Listen, I'm Mac. <laughs> right. <laughs> You remind me of Oasis, the Gallagher's. 100%, mate. You know, we have fucking hard conversations, you know, and I've realised from travelling around, from from meeting a lot of different folk, that i got a pretty special couple families of, hey, listen, there's a fucking elephant in this room. You're going to sit your ass down and we're going to fucking talk until this elephant pisses off. And it could take three weeks we're going to miss work. We're not going to sleep. We're going to have it out, you know, and inevitably it gets emotional. People start shouting. Everybody stands up, throws things, gets back down again, hugs, cries and all this nonsense. Right. Yeah. But you clear the air. And yeah. the kind of the thing was you have to clear the air. You mm. have to get it out. Right. If we're going to do it, we're yeah. going to do it, you know, and um, I've kind of took that further 
you know, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not, that's not, I'm gonna treat members coming in, yeah, not mates, oh no. right? But, I'm, <laughs> yeah. but I kind of got this feeling. I've seen a lot of people. I just got this feeling. The the energy changes in the room. The energy around you changes. I'm like, hi, Laura. How are you doing, mate? How are you doing today? You like, oh, yeah. I'm high. I'm sound. I'm like, are you gonna keep lying to me? Yeah. That's what I'll say. Like, I like, I'm gonna keep asking if you're gonna keep lying. Yeah. I was like, that's all right. You don't have to tell me in front of everybody else, but yeah. just to let you know, mate, there is at least one motherfucker out there that gives a shit about you. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Because uh, I think feeling feeling cared for, especially when you're in the depths of whatever you're going through, sometimes it can feel like you're the only one, no one cares. As part of, uh, our, you know, we were talking about thinking styles and negative thinking, you know, a part of depression can be that, you just view things through like a negative lens. So yeah. you might believe, you might really believe that no one cares about me. No one cares about my feelings and what I'm going through. And then to push themselves to come to the gym and then for you to say, do you know what? Someone here cares about you. You're providing evidence that kind of disproves their negative thinking. And it might be something that makes them think, oh, you know, the next time that thought comes in, oh, no one cares about me. Oh, but that dude at the gym, you know, he, he said that he cared. And it can provide evidence to kind of counteract that like habitual negative thinking that we can all fall into. 100%, mate. You know, mm. I half half joke about it saying it's the job because it is. But yeah. people can tell and sniff you out if you fake about it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like I'm going to quote a very, very good friend of mine, good mentor, Carl, Carl Stedman, and he says, uh, uh, you can't teach give a shit. Mm. you know and um i think over time our industries wean out the folk that care halfway or just wanted yeah. to do it for a paycheck or it was a shiny yeah. thing that we wanted to do for a time and that's okay that's yeah. fantastic yeah. you've got we've got spaces for that but the ones that kind of make it a career and stick around and, and want to pursue this thing to the nth degree yeah it's like no 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 like i can't sleep at night man like because yeah. i'll think about some member because their energy was fucking off like yeah. it will I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning for a podcast, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then I'll be like, fuck Sam or Jeffrey or yeah, Barbara. Yeah. You know, and I can't stop thinking about them. So it's it's one of those, man. It's you just yeah. gotta I mean, the way I live my life, wear your heart on your sleeve and speak from it as often yeah. as you can. Yeah, definitely. I think it is it is nice that you you care, you know. And I think again, going back to the parallel between your job and my job is that I don't think you can be a therapist for money, you know. No. Even though it is very expensive to have therapy, but still, you you know, you're in this job because you care so much about the people that you work with and you care about helping them to get well. Um and and sometimes I wouldn't say often, but sometimes I've had one or two clients who really stick with me. I remember doing an assessment with someone who had experienced the most horrific abuse that I've ever heard. And I was holding my tears in. And as soon as she left my therapy room, I just burst into tears because I just felt so sad for what she'd been through. And I and it really stayed with me, um, you know, so I can kind of relate to that. But it, I wouldn't say it happens often, mm -hmm. but you'll just get that one. I would say one or two people in my career that has just really stuck with me. Or maybe they remind me about, myself or someone that I know that's gone through something and and you it can kind of stick with you mm. um but it sticks with you because you care and that's not a bad thing you know 
No, it's not a bad thing, mate. I think the world mm. needs a little bit more people that give a shit yeah, about someone I else. Yeah, I know. I know. I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm not arrogant enough to believe that people make the world spin, but I do think the synergy between us helps it a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, completely. Mate, I'm going to do a... I'm going to do a charity event in 2025 and oh, um, wow. I'll let you uh I'll let you know off off um off record see if you got any ideas um, okay. I think it probably relates to some stories that you've heard so yeah um, yeah mate it'd be cool to get you on board yeah absolutely yeah well tell me once we finish this you can we'll stay on and you can tell me whatever it is sounds yeah, exciting man, I'll, I'll flick your message or something yeah brilliant mate, this has been an honour and a privilege. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for getting up at 5am. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'll do it all over again, mate. Don't worry about oh, that. Oh, bless you. You it's take a, care. It's a privilege being able to uh, being able to talk to people, hold space. Yeah. Like someone holding space for to hear what my mank accent's got to say. You know, it's yeah. kind of crazy, mate. It's, <laughs> it's been a long journey, so I just want to say yeah. thank you, mate. No, and thank you for you for what you do and, and being that person that does care and that opens up and gets the conversation going. Because honestly, I think that's a really, really good thing. So keep keep doing that as well. Oh, I just talk shit, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you have I'm a great evening. <laughs> <laughs> right, you take care. Have a good day. What are you going to do now? Are you going back to bed or? No, man. Up for the day? That's it. We're in. We're in for work. Yeah. Oh, we'll enjoy. Thank you, mate. All right. All right, take Have care. Have a good day. Bye. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs>